and welcome to the Harbor Church Podcast. Harbor is a place where people can connect with Jesus and with each other. And if you're looking to get connected, you can find more information at harborchurch.com. Now here's this week's message from a guest speaker. Harbor Church, good morning. How we doing? Wow, this is loud for an 8 a.m. Um, as mentioned, my name is Travis. I am one of the high school youth leaders here at Harbor Church. Uh, I am not from Cape Cod. I am from Maryland. Uh, I moved here not last summer, but the summer before that, in the summer of 2021. Uh, my boss had me move here 4th of July weekend, which I don't know if you knew this, but that's not a good weekend to move to a vacation destination. But I did it. I've lived in a motel for about five or six weeks, and I didn't really know anybody on the Cape besides my coworkers. I have some family that lives off the Cape. But when I moved here, uh, before I had a place to live, this was my home, like in a lot of ways. So (laughs) thank thank you for living up to your name and just being a harbor for me, because that's changed my life in so many ways. And as I said, this place is home. Uh, as mentioned, uh, we're going over James chapter 5 today. I thought, what better way to go over James, James chapter 5 and to break it up into five bite-sized chunks. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, all right. All right, we're going to start off. If you're taking notes, we're going to start off with the warning to the rich. Um, this is what James says. He says, look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves on the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who don't resist you. That was tough. That that was tough. Um, I think it's really easy to read that, and it's the warning to the rich, right? I think it's easy to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, I'm not that rich. Like, God, I'm, I'm living paycheck to paycheck over here. Maybe I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, but I'm not well off like that. Like the lady behind me, she's got that nice Louis Vuitton handbag. Like I I can't afford that. And maybe to my fellows, you you can't relate to that. But like, think about it like this. You know that neighbor across the street? You know, the one that just got the new addition on their house? They got more money than me. This message is for them, not for me. Um, That's wrong. This is actually for everybody. We're going to dive into a little bit more. But this is not really about our wallets. It's more so about our hearts. Yeah. Woo, thank you guys. I appreciate, I appreciate all the feedback. Thank y'all. Was not expecting that, so thank you very much. Um, so James makes it very clear where we shouldn't put our treasures. So church, where, where do we put our treasures? I'm glad you asked because, um, because this, James 5, the warning to the rich, is actually an echo of one of Jesus' most well-known sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what Jesus says. He says, Don't store up your treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. 
wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, before I, when I was still in Maryland, I, I, I love the idea of buying an RV out of all things. Uh, you know, a recreational vehicle, a motorhome. The reason why I like the idea of buying one is because we're in a pandemic and I was allowed to work remote. So I was thinking to myself, hmm, that'd be pretty cool if I could literally work wherever I wanted to. So I did my research online, um, you know, uh, looking up RVs. And if you buy an RV today, that same RV in three years is going to cost only, like, it's going to lose 30% of its value. And that same RV, if you bought it today, in 10 years, is going to cost half the value of what you bought it for. Maybe you can't relate to the RV exactly, but with cars, I'm sure most, if not all of you, took a car to get here. As soon as we all know with the car dealerships, as soon as you drive that car off the lot, it's going to lose what? 10, 20, 30, 40% of its value, if not more. And my point is the things on this earth are losing value. The things on in earthly realms are losing value. Yeah. And, and maybe that doesn't quite resonate with you guys, but you guys remember that holiday we celebrated a couple months ago, you know, Christmas? Do you guys still use that gift you got? <laughs> Do you guys even remember what you got? Come on now. <laughs> oh, man. That is good stuff. My point is everything on earth is losing value. And instead of pursuing people, but we need to be pursuing people instead of possessions. This is about our hearts. It's not about our wallets. Uh, Well, actually, it it is about our wallets. But the things in our heart, they determine where our treasures go. Jesus mentioned it already. He mentioned that the desires of your heart, that's where your treasures are going to be. First Timothy 6.17, it says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their money, which is so unreliable. Yeah. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Truth is, church, so... I looked up online, like, what we really value. The three most important decisions in most people's lives are where you go to school, where you buy a house, and who you find as a spouse. Those are all earthly things. Those are all good things. But at the end of the day, we need to be setting our eyes up on not earthly things, but heavenly things. If everything is fading then why are we putting our values on earthly things? The only thing on this earth that's not going to fade is the word, and this is going to last forever. So if we fix our eyes on the Lord, maybe, maybe we'll be blessed in other ways as well. Yeah. So that's the first chunk. Uh, the second chunk, this is about patience and endurance. James says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. 
For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you all know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So I kind of want to go back to verses 7 and 8 real quick. Um, so James says, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. And he also says in uh, verse 8, he says, take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. I don't know how else to say it to you guys, but Jesus is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. And if, if you believe in him, you're going to have eternal life with, with our Father in heaven. And that is such an encouragement for me that, like, the things that we're doing on earth, like, they do carry weight. But, guys, that, that burdens my heart. And you know why? Because I know that not all my friends, not all my family, not everybody believes in him. What's going to happen to them? What are we going to do about it, church? First yeah. Yeah. Corinthians 3.6. Um, this is written by Paul. He writes about half of the New Testament. He says, I plant, he's talking about a plant here. He's saying, I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. I want to say this again, because this is, this is really important stuff. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. So he's talking about a plant. Let's, let's use a plant analogy. So there's this plant called the Chinese bamboo tree. This plant is notorious for its growth. And this plant, here we go. So the Chinese bamboo tree is notorious for its growth. It takes about five years to grow. And those first four years, when it's in the ground, it grows to be about that tall. So it's really just fermenting in the ground. It's taking root. It's building up that firm foundation. But So that's four years. But then five weeks into that fifth year, it's going to grow up to be bigger than this building. It's going to be about 90 feet tall after five weeks. Isn't that crazy? So the question is, church, does, does that tree, does, does that grow in five weeks? Or does that grow in five years? Years. That's what I'm talking about. It, it, grow, it takes five years for that plant to grow because it's got it's to be planted. That seed's got to be planted. It's got to be watered. I'm, I'm imagining the person who uh, is watering that seed every day for four years uh, just someone's faithful enough to do that. I'm just imagining the guy's neighbor being like, hey, Todd, how's that bamboo tree doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> guys, my point is, patiently waiting does not mean passively working. Y'all, the gospel's urgent, man, and our time is running out. We, we could do something about it. And I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a few friends that have given up their life to Jesus recently. And that is the most important decision I believe you're ever going to make. And you know what else, too? That takes so much pressure off my chest, knowing that I don't have to be in charge of their growth. All I got to do is show up. All I got to do is plant seeds and water them. And everything else is not on me. That's not my job. Mm, come on now. All right, so our third chunk that we're going over, um, 
we're going to call it being a man or a woman of your word. Um, this is what it says. It says, but above all my brethren, do not swear by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. Let's play a quick game. Let's pretend that you're the boss, CEO, owner of your company. You got this nice resume in front of you, right? And the person on the other side of the table, you know, they sh you know, it's the applicant. They showed up about 30 minutes late, kind of fumbling through an excuse why they didn't show up. They're holding a freshly brewed Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And they smell uh, kind of funky, wink, wink. <laughs> you're probably going to ask yourself, as the owner, like, can I rely on this person? Oh, yes, yes, I promise. Uh, I'm going to be here 30 minutes early every day. Um, I'm going to make quota every month. I'll work twice as hard as your other, other employees. I swear to... Look, we get it. The truth is, church, if you have a poor track record, expect your reputation to be in question. Yeah. Screw it. Come on, brother. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> Proverbs 22.1, it says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Yeah. Oh. Guys, so unlike the person who's probably going to remain unemployed, um, Jesus has a perfect track record. You know how I know? He, so the more you read this, the more you find out, like, this man made a lot of promises, and he stayed true to every single one of them. And I, I can't find one time in this thing where Jesus sinned, where he fell short of perfection. And the truth is, like, where does that leave us? Like, the truth is, church, you and I don't have a perfect track record, and we never will. But the more we follow Jesus the more we're going to be like him. When you leave church today, you should be a little bit different than how you came in here. That's the truth. Like God is chiseling you like a statue every single time you, are, you open up your heart to him. It's a beautiful thing, but like it, it's painful sometimes, if I'm being honest. Reliable commitment builds reputable character. Got it. Reliable commitment builds a reputable character. As mentioned, I'm a youth leader. The reason why I'm a youth leader is because someone, back when I was a kid, someone reached out to me. So, there was a time that I was the far, I felt like the farthest out person, and someone reached out to me. Just like how Jesus left the 99, someone was consistent. They were reputable. They were consistent in my life. There was a man that he was in youth ministry for over 25 years. He showed up for me. And the more I, the more consistent he was, the more I could rely on him, the more I relied on him, the more he earned the right to have conversations with me that were below the surface. And you know what he, he told me about Jesus, man? And the truth is, he didn't have to tell me about Jesus because he showed it to me every day. We need to be like that, yo. Come on. Going back to Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 19, 22, it says, loyalty makes a person attractive. It is better to be poor than dishonest. My, my youth pastor, he was attractive to me. I trusted him. And as mentioned, it is better to be poor than dishonest. This is about our hearts. It's not about our wallets. 
the wallets do matter to a degree, but those are, that's in an earthly sense. Our treasures in heaven, that's our heart. Our God just wants a relationship with us, man. All right, so the first, fourth chunk that we're going to go over today, it is the power of prayer. Uh, and this is what James says. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Uh, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come over and pray for you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. For example, so there's this guy uh, mentioned in the Bible earlier, um, Elijah, he was a man just as we are. He was a man just as we are. Sorry, I missed my track. He was a man just as we are. And when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Three and a half years? That's a long time. That's 42 months. I haven't even lived on Cape Cod for half of that time. I haven't even been here for 21 months. That's crazy. That's, that's a long time. That is a long time indeed. Uh, Matthew 6, 7 through 8 says, uh, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are being answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. So why do we pray? Prayer is our communication with our Father in heaven. That's what it is. It comes down to having a relationship with him. And sometimes when we pray to him, sometimes our, our prayers are answered really quickly. For example, you're looking for a spot coming to church, like a parking spot, or to school, or to work, or whatever. God, please help me find a parking spot. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, but sometimes our prayer is more like that bamboo tree. God, God, why is my business growing? Why isn't my kid behaving? God, why is my loved one dying? Can you redeem that relationship with? God, I don't, I don't know what you have in store for me, but God, I trust you. Uh, you've been there for me all this time. Uh, I've seen your goodness. Uh, thank you for just the blessings of today. Thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for giving me friends and family that really care about me. Um, thank you for the door greeter sweet smiles we walked in here today. God, I don't know. Uh, thank you for just giving me breath. God, I don't know how long this is all going to last. These are all earthly things, but God, thank you for the promises of heaven that's going to last far beyond my time here on earth. And God, I trust you with every fiber of my being. Thank you. Guys, our prayer, it's our communication with the Father. It's both a petition and a praise. Our God just wants a relationship with us. Your mom and dad, they just want a relationship with you, man. I imagine our relationship with our father looking very similar to a parent walking their child across the street, a young child across the street. Your parent is always going to have their hand open for you. 
like, hey, like, you know, we're crossing your crossing a busy street. There's cars coming. We don't know. You might not understand like when the green lights turns red, vice versa. Like your parent knows what's best for you. They want to protect you. They want what's best for you. They want to know you in a deeper sense. And as kids, you and me, as sons and daughters of God, like sometimes we wander away. I know I do. I struggle with sin. We all do. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) You know why Elijah's prayer was so powerful? You know why the results of Elijah's prayer were so powerful? It's it's, it's It's not because of the communication itself is because of who he was communicating to. When you're, commuting to. when you're communicating with a God of the universe who's created everything here, he can do so much more than you could ever imagine, man. Oh, man. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, communicating with the Father. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Guys, God's always got his hand out for us. It's our decision whether we're going to take it or not. And this is not just a decision, like a one-time thing. This is a daily decision I know I have to make every day. And that's what we all need to be doing. All right, we're going to dive into that last chunk real quick. Uh, This is how James concludes... um, James, um, this is about restoring wandering believers. My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. So last weekend, we celebrated one of my favorite holidays, the Super Bowl. Um <laughs> Um, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Great game. Um, but I don't really want to talk about the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the game that happened a couple weeks before that. It, the Chiefs were in it. It was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And this was to find out who was going to play in the biggest game of their lives. If you've ever played football, I don't care if it's NFL college, high school, peewee, backyard. If you have played football, you have dreamed in playing this game. This is the pinnacle of football, American football at least. Soccer is a different story. Um, But in this game, the game was tied 20 to 20 with less than a minute to go. Kansas City Chiefs were going down the field. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, hike, oh, he's running the ball. He runs out of bounds. And after he was out of bounds, he was pushed which is a big no-no. You don't do that. So the, the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, they got a penalty against them that allowed the Chiefs to kick the game-winning score. They win the game. They go to the Super Bowl. That's cool. But I'm not, I want to talk about this guy right here. His name is Joseph Asai. He's the guy who pushed Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. He made arguably the biggest mistake of his life in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And 
you know what sucks too? Like he actually had a pretty good game that game too. And he's a young guy too. He's younger than me. He's got a great career ahead of him. But it sucks knowing that like, guys, the coaches were yelling at him. The fans booed him. And the worst part about it, his teammates left him. That sucks, man. He was the farthest out person. I don't know about you, but there's a time in my life that I was the farthest out person. If Jesus left the 99, like this guy, I don't know who he is, but he left the 53-man roster to go after him. That That's power right there. That's power. Hey, church, can you stand up with me real quick as we pray out? Hey, church, who's your one? Who's, who's your Joseph the Psy? As believers in Jesus Christ, our hearts should break for someone. As we're going through this message, maybe there's someone that's digging on your heart. I don't know if it was your neighbor, your coworker, your classmate, your friends, or your family, but I know there's someone you could be there for that is the farthest out person right now. So ask yourself, church, who is your one? My, my life mission statement is to reach out to the farthest out person because I was that at one point. I've already mentioned it, that I have friends that have given up their lives to Jesus. All I had to do was show up. That's all this guy had to do for his teammate. Just show up. Guys, we have baptisms next week. That's huge. That, that's all we got. Um, I, I want to pray us out real quick. You guys ready? All righty. Hey, God, thank, thank you so much for this opportunity to just uh, speak to our church. Th this is just personal for me. Uh, God, uh, soften our hearts as we go out into the world and just love our friends, our neighbors, our classmates, our friends and family. Um, I just pray that we can just be a little bit more like you when we leave here. Um, God, I don't, I don't know how long we're going to be here, um, but we, we believe in you and we believe that we need to change to be more like you. You deserve all the glory and honor forever and ever and ever. And all these things I pray, amen. If you'd like to support the ministries of Harbor Church as we bring the hope of Jesus to our community and the world around us, you can visit harborchurch.com backslash give, or you can text any amount to 84321. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.